Hello there, this is Sarah Ashley with Nerds on Film. Are you tired of walking around topless? Well, I know I am. That's why I went to nerdonomy.com and purchased one of the many humorous t-shirts that we have to offer. Not only does it support our new media endeavor, but it also keeps me from being arrested. Thanks for listening. Listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. I think as long as they don't quote movies during sex, that'd be that would be okay. First of all, if a woman's doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression during sex, yeah. immediate turn off. But I'd love, I'd love it if she goes, Freeze in hell, Batman! <laughs> or, or, the force is strong with you, or something that cheesy. I don't know why, again, I don't the know why. The circle is complete. The circle is complete. Okay, so it's not really it's not really movie, I mean, it's sort of movie related, but it's not really movie related, but I do remember reading something like on text from last night, like a long time ago, where this chick was like, and then right when he was about to come, he yelled, Mortal Kombat! <laughs> and all of his roommates yelled back, Finish her! What was the pickup line? Get over here! <laughs> oh, wait, was her response? Hi, little kid! Gross. Oh, that's so much fun. <laughs> Finisher. So that's, that, is, that is kind of wrong, but it's funny at the same time. Awkward movie things to say during sex. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys doing? Good. Doing pretty well. Yeah? Um, I don't know why everybody is freaking that, or I'm sorry, I don't know why people are giving it a bad rap, but I actually saw Jack, and, uh, Jack the Giant Slayer in IMAX 3D, and I gotta tell you, it was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah? I, I, I mean, sure. The licensing for the popular fairy tales um, is expired, and so Hollywood is taking that and reimagining each one, like, for example, Snow White and Huntsman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, that's its only fault, is that this is a story with the typical Hollywood do- makeover. However, not only was the 3D, which was all post-convert, well done, I actually enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the characters, and my favorite part was literally uh, the end. And I won't say why or how or what it involves, but the end was actually quite clever, something that I did not predict or foresee. And it was overall a very enjoyable movie. Question. Yes. Two questions. Yes. First question, how was Ewan McGregor in it? He was fun. Um, he kind of hammed it up, but at the same time, it looked like he was enjoying playing the character. Okay. Not like phoning it in. Yeah, because I got the impression from the trailers that it doesn't take itself terribly seriously. No, it doesn't. No? Okay. Not terribly. Which is interesting for a Brian Singer movie, because almost all of his movies are serious. Actually, yes, you are right. Second question. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere, when this movie was first coming out and we were first seeing trailers for it, mm-hmm. that they were hoping that it would be somewhere along the lines of Princess Bride, and that it wasn't going to take itself too seriously, and it was going to rely on a lot of humor and stuff like that. Yeah, but there's a problem with would that, though. Would you, I'm just saying, would you consider it somewhere along those lines, maybe striving for something like that, or completely different? Um, I would say that it's along the lines, uh, it, it falls between not taking itself too seriously mm-hmm. um, and Hollywood popcorn flair. Okay. There are moments where it doesn't take itself seriously, and there are moments where it does for the sake of the action or the plot. But the thing is, the way that the main character, Jack, and the princess uh, stories are told, they're told in like a, a linear story to match up, so that way you actually can relate to the characters. And at the same time, it you know, of course, something terrible happens to their parents or whatever. And there are times where Jack is kind of like a little cocky but serious and so it flip-flops on that um but i think it works okay i don't know if i can connect it to and granted i haven't seen the movie but Mm. i don't know if i can say that it would be fair to compare it to the princess bride because the princess bride is an entity of its own it's an entity of its own and it was never intentionally trying to mimic any one fairy tale it was mimicking the genre i'm not saying a direct comparison such as that but in the sense that it would have the same spirit it's folktale, and yeah. it's just less, it's more tongue-in-cheek, and yes. more, gotcha. That's what I was talking about. I'm not trying to say, like, yes, it's, book adaptation must be like Princess Bride. No. 
Brian, okay. give me more credit than that. Come on. And besides, I wasn't, that wasn't, I wasn't even, saying this was you. I'm saying this was other people who were talking. Yeah, this was this was um, actually something I did read from one of the many movie sites that I frequent. But yeah, so okay, that's cool. I haven't actually, I haven't seen anything in theaters since before the Oscars. Shame on me on that. I think it was uh, the shorts the last time. Yeah, yeah. I've been in theaters. You know? I've been just mostly mostly watching a lot of TV. As I mentioned last week, I found out that I have HBO and Showtime, so I got really excited and. Today I watched the uh, the first episode of The Newsroom, and holy crap, is that a well-written TV show? Of course, oh, yeah. Mr. Aaron Sorkin. Oh yes. my god. Like, yeah. I'm just like, it was five minutes into it, and my mind was blown yeah. by the spectacular dialogue. That monologue that Jeff Daniels has is so beautifully written. So good. So good. And beautifully acted. Mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels is just awesome. He is. And with that, welcome to Nerds on Film, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brian Moriarty. And I'm Sarah Ashley. And I am Sue, Sue, Sue Torius. Yay, Kevin's I'm back. back. Yay! He's visiting. Yay! Yes. Yay. It's Yay. good to have you back, sir. Hooray! <laughs> Apparently Kermit's here, too. Why <laughs> all in Kermit the Frog as a guest? Oh, bye, Kermit. Oh, he couldn't stay. What a shame. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was really fast. But hey, we had a celebrity on the episode. And, and, and very briefly, yes, that was awesome. And it wasn't Sean you know, Connery or Michael Caine. Michael Caine, Sean Connery, no, and Kermit the Frog. <laughs> or I think we haven't we had Al Pacino on here before too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love it when we open the impression floodgates. Mm-hmm. Who else has got one? Ooh, uh, let's see. Pastor, my precious Henry Rancid. My name is Stitch. My name is Stitch, or Hannah means family. Family means nobody that's left behind or forgotten. Now you have to do the pause. You have to do the long pause. I know. No, there's no one that's well, left behind. To get to. Okay, anyway. With that. <laughs> uh, we could just do impressions the whole time if we wanted yeah. to. I'm and sure you guys could. Yeah. I'm very good at them, and I can sit here and laugh. I could do Ian McKellen, but uh, no one really wants to hear it, so. Or Walken. Walken's more. Yeah. Everyone does Walken now. Everyone it's like, does it's passe to do Walken now. It's, it's such a shame because there are very few people that can actually do Walken very well that I've seen. Yeah. I know, I think, three people off the top of my head that can do a really good Walken. Yeah. Nap, you're one of them. <laughs> If you're listening. It's true. He does a pretty good one. He does. Well, he does a bunch of impressions that are really good. Yeah, he does Stitch. He does Gollum as well. Yeah. yeah. My favorite one, though, is the one where he does the guy from the B-52s doing Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> that was totally my idea. He will never admit to that, but that was my idea. Uh-oh. He had the voice capability of doing uh-huh. it, but I said that'd be hilarious if you were doing STP as that. And he's like, oh, my God. That was so funny. I am, I am, I am. I said I want to get next to you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's so great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, how are we going to say Segway into the Segway! Yes, um, after seeing the Jack and the Giant Slayer, uh, I would actually recommend it. Uh, it's actually a fun movie. Don't listen to what the critics say, uh, only because uh, they tend, as a consensus, to find faults than fun. And I am a person that tends to find fun than faults. So, I would say... Uh, if you see Jack and the Giant Slayer, it's totally worth it. If you uh, have the extra cash, the 3D is not bad. And I am one that heavily scrutinizes 3D. And I got to tell you, this was surprisingly good considering it was all post-convert. Awesome. Let me ask you a question. I'll answer it. Did you find anything wrong with the movie? Other than questioning the story. Like, like any, overall any... faults, did you find anything specific? You know, I really tried. Of course, with any movie that's dated in old, olden times, the language, the way that people speak or their mannerisms will always seem more modern. That's just a fault of the human psyche at this point. Factuals or continuity things, for the most part, I can't remember anything yet. I'm probably going to see it again one more time because I really did enjoy it. But... Really? Yes. Nothing. Not yet, because I was having such a good time with it. I usually catch factual errors, continuity, mistakes, or boom mics uh, upon multiple viewings. You know what's a movie I love? What? Black Dynamite, because it doesn't even try. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? So I, I know the movie. I have not seen it yet. Okay, so Black Dynamite, for those who don't know, is an independent film made by Michael Jai White. You know, he was the guy who played Mike Tyson in the TV movie about 15, 20 years ago. Oh. But he was also, of course, Spawn. That was mm-hmm. his big... 
career boost. So he he's also I didn't know this like a second or third degree black belt in karate. So he plays this black exploitation detective called Black Dynamite, and the movie is totally shot like a seventies black exploitation movie. Nice. And they don't even try. Like there's deliberate boom mm-hmm. mics in the shot and stunt doubles that don't look anything like the uh, the person the originally. So it's it's pretty funny. So it's funny that you guys bring this up because. Oh. What? Oh, I wanted to add something real fast, only okay. because you might not know this. White is also in The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, Gamble? Gamble, yes. I yeah. just wanted to throw that out there. because we'll... He's the whole, he's the guy who's on the other half of Enough the Y. with the clown! Ha, da, 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 da. Yeah, he is on the other half of the Why So Serious speech. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, sorry. Can I talk I'm to sorry, him? yes. Please, Sarah, have the floor. She's like, boys. All of the floor. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you can have all of the floor for now. Why what is that the supposed floor? to mean? Do I not get the rest of the, the garage? No. You can either have all of the floor or nothing. What are you trying to say, Kevin? I'm trying to say... Just because I'm a woman, I only deserve the floor? Go I'm fuck to, yourself! I'm trying to say, you have precogs, and I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Wait, she deserves sure about the that. floor? I don't yes. know. I'm, I'm totally making I, all this up. Please, Okay. continue. Well, it's funny you guys should mention um, continuity errors, that kind of thing. So I did find an article on Crack.com. Um, it's actually a photoplasty contest, which if you guys are familiar with the website, you know that it's people who do a lot of Photoshopping stuff. Um, but it's called 29 Famous Movie Scenes with Glaring Mistakes. So Ooh. it was really fun. Kind of, I was like, hey, you know, that'd be kind of a fun topic for the show, talking about but is commonly known as film flubs. Um and it's, I don't know, I always find this stuff really interesting um, growing up. My family and I would actually always kind of make it almost a little bit of a game when we would go see a movie. And to if, spot the errors. And if it, yeah, we'd always kind of just spot spot the problems. My dad and my brother are the type of guys who, who count the bullets, you know, for those guns that always never, you know, always seem to keep shooting, even though they should have run out of bullets a long time ago, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I find like kind of, that stuff really interesting. Yeah. So I thought, hey, why not bring it up on the movie podcast? Because Absolutely. virtually yeah. no movie is perfect. Oh, you don't know that those henchmen, like they're really good at reloading in tandem. So right. there's always one sound of a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of my, well, kind of segueing with this conversation is that um, Mythbusters every now and then will contain uh, one or two gags that they're trying to disprove from stuff in movies. Um, one, for example, is how long it takes to fire a gun in real life versus in the movies. And the funny thing is, um, any, I think the term is semi-automatic or automatic weapon, can discharge in less than three seconds. Most assault rifles that are automatic can be discharged in about under five seconds. And uh, in the movies, you will see them pause, pause, pause. But the thing is, they do this over a longer period of time than what, in reality, actual bullets could be fired. And at the same time, they also disproved that shooting bullets in the water, the bullets, as soon as they hit the water, they will literally stop. They will not descend any further. They tried this with all different types of weapons. Interesting. Yeah. And I ironically saw this uh, episode before I saw Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. And so in Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol, when the truck flips over into the water and the Russian uh, CIA or whatever they are. KGB. KGB, thank you, are shooting in the water, the bullets are actually getting down to the car. And I'm like... No. Well, it's really not KGB anymore because that would imply Soviet. I guess it's whatever their secret service is. Their secret service, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting that you uh, brought that up because I wanted to shout out Mythbusters as being one of the greatest works of television since Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh, yes. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. We miss you. Well, he's still occasionally on TV doing commentaries. Mostly about about global warming. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, not to get on a tangent, but um, I saw this article online that said, Bill Nye, rest in peace. And I'm like, no. No. He's not dead. No, he's not. He is science this day and age. He is the person who we d- define as science. He yep. will not die. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. So, I don't know. I just thought it'd be kind of fun if um, if you guys had any particular movies that you wanted to shout out, any ser- <clears throat> any sort of things that... I'll mention the first one, Star Wars. Okay. Oh, you're going to take mine. I have one right yours? here. You're going to take mine, but go ahead. Do you have another one lined up? No, I, I'll get into what I prepared for tonight's podcast, but please go ahead. So the, it's the big one in The New Hope when the X-Wing lands after destroying the Death Star. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing he says? Carrie. He says Carrie, exactly. He doesn't say Leia, as he's supposed to say. He says Carrie. And, of course, in the DVDs and the Blu-rays, they turn that into, hey! <laughs> Just an overextended hey. Yeah. You did not take the one that I was going to reference. Yay! I have one, too, and you guys haven't taken it. Or you go, because mine is also related to A New Hope, so you go. Okay, so this one, 
I believe it's also New Hope. There's a scene when stormtroopers are breaking into a control room. Is this oh, one you yours? Are taking mine. Yes. I'm Please sorry. continue. No, it's okay. It's all I'm right. Sorry. It's all good. Keep going. Okay, I think we so, should just leave Star Wars off the table because Kevin's going to okay. take him. Stop taking mine. <laughs> There's plenty. There are. <laughs> There's plenty to choose from. You're like, sitting with a hardcore Lucasian at the table. Okay, fair yes, enough. Yes, you are. Okay. But and yes, I just named that. That's Lucasian. Right. Lucasian. All right. Putting that in the Nerdonomy Dictionary. Um, so when stormtroopers break into the control room, um, there's a stormtrooper on the right of the screen, and he hits his head on the door, fl- on the door frame. <laughs> I do remember that. Is that. I thought that was when like Luke and Han were... But the funny thing is, the- it says on the DVD release that they added a thump. Yes, they added a sound effect. That's right. Because you like, can hear a doink. <laughs> so there was no sound effect before th- there, and it wasn't intentional, but then they're like, well, might as well just keep it and add some emphasis. <laughs> Make it seem like it was on purpose. That's a good one. Go ahead. That is a good one. Well, that was going to be the one that I referenced. Well, speak first, damn it. Well, I was was, was too polite. Um, Well, even though I can't reference one off the top of my head yet, I actually wanted to share uh, my two favorite sources when it comes to all things wrong with movies that I enjoy or hate. Uh, There are two YouTube channels I subscribe to, and yes, what is this? Subscribing to YouTube channels? Preposterous. I just go to YouTube whatever I want. No, actually, these two channels are pretty good. There's one um, called Screen Junkies that do this series called Honest Trailers. Uh, They get this guy who has a very movie trailer style voice to um, talk about uh, movies uh, where they find issues, whether it's story-wise or whether it's something personal. And some of the more recent ones that I've seen are uh, they make fun of The Notebook, Twilight 4, Indiana Jones 4, The Dark Knight Rises, and Amazing Spider-Man. And they're all pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. The other channel I subscribe to on YouTube is called Cinema Sins. Um, This guy, I think, I'm trying to remember what the first one was, but he posted this video on the internet about uh, sins about this one movie. I think it started with Amazing Spider-Man, and people were like, interesting. And then he did The Avengers. And so he finds everything wrong with a movie in a certain amount of time. Like, for example, he did everything wrong with the Avengers in three minutes or less. And again, he finds issues with, you know, what's on screen, continuity, story, plot, or just something personal. Um, I think what was the funniest was most recently he did everything wrong with Twilight in six minutes or less. And so he reached the end and the tally was something like 83. And then all of a sudden you hear... Yes, I know, Sarah. 83 issues. As soon as he reached the end of the video, you hear this arcade game style. And you see, like, bonus round. And then it says, um, the amount of times that Kristen Stewart audibly exhales. And so it's just a compilation of, and so the tally ends up being like 120 or something. It's hysterical. Oh, my God. So, again, those YouTube channels that I subscribe to are... Screen Junkies, the series is called uh, Honest Trailers, or Cinema Sins, all one word. Interesting. Yeah. Wanted to share that with you guys and our dear listeners. I like it. So can I tell you, like, share with you guys some of the, the flubs that came off the Cracked article? Please, yes. That I'm were actually, really good? I'm very interested. Okay. Um, I'll just kind of give you some highlights. One of them says, in the sound of music, the Von Trapp family escapes the Nazi- Nazis by crossing the border at Salzburg which would actually take them directly into Germany. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> That's a bit of a problem. <laughs> whoops. It's so crazy, it just might, might work. work. <laughs> <laughs> um, John Carpenter's Halloween mm-hmm. is set in Illinois, yet um, whenever they do like outside scenes and such, you can clearly see a lot of palm trees from where they actually recorded in Los so Angeles. So what, there's no palm trees in Chicago? Guess not. No. <laughs> I've been to Chicago. Um, the only times I saw palm trees were outside of restaurants. We'll see. There you go. Um, debunked. <laughs> debunked. <laughs> debunked. Um, and then there's one from Titanic. Actually, and Titanic has a lot of mistakes, apparently. Um, there's Wait. another website called moviemistakes.com, and they kind of Ooh. have them ranked by nice. uh, by the ones, and it's it's in a top. It's in the top 30 for sure. That's a big one because that's a best picture winner too. Yeah. So there's the the part with Leonardo DiCaprio and he says, I remember when I was a kid, me and my father, we went ice fishing on Lake Wasoda. Jack died on April 15th, 1912. Lake Wasoda was formed by the construction of a dam in 1917. <laughs> Whoops. Well, clearly you didn't know this, but Jack's a time traveler. <laughs> He's a time lord. <laughs> He's a time lord. He's one of the who doctor's apparently companions. Who's weak, his only weakness is hypothermia. Aww. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, That makes him lose his power to travel through time and space. (laughs) Here we go. Back to the future. 
at the uh, Enchantment Under the Sea dance when Marty's playing on the guitar. The electric guitar um, that he's playing is a Gibson ES-335. And um, that guitar didn't actually come out till 1958. And that... Hold. Okay. Hold for this for a second. I'm going to defend this one. Okay, go for it. Okay. Because if you are the production designer or the properties person on Uh this movie, you may not have had access to the exact guitar, so you may have had to work with what you could. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough, but still, that (laughs) scene was set in 1955. Mm Mm-hmm. The guitar didn't come out until 1958. Close enough. Okay. Close enough. That's being very nitpicky, but I I, understand No, a lot of these are nitpicky, but still, who cares? It's fun. It's not saying it. Nobody's saying it's a bad movie. They're just saying, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. If we're going to play this game, you can't can't get all huffy, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Am I huffing? You are getting huffy. (laughs) Like I'm going to blow a house down or something? Yes. Do you need a paper bag? No. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing you. Snap. Relax. Okay. So in the first Indiana Jones, or at least in one of the scenes that was set in 1936, uh-huh. um, Indiana Jones says that I don't believe in mo- uh, magic. It's a lot of superstitious hocus pocus. That 1936 scene, and then they did the prequel in the second one, where clearly he dealt with magic rocks. And a lot of magical elements. Oh, Temple of Doom, that's right. So, he should actually be pretty familiar with magic and should actually have enough experience to believe in it at that point. Yeah. So, there's that. Oh, um, from the Book of Eli. The whole Bible in Braille consists of 39 volumes. That means that Eli was protecting just one thirty-ninth of the Bible. All right, of course, because it uh, takes up much more. Wait, that's that's a spoiler alert for people who haven't oh, seen. Oh, Whatever. If you haven't seen Book of Eli at this point, true. Wasn't Gary Oldman the bad guy in that movie? Yes, he was. Makes a very good villain. I'm trying to I'm trying to avoid the ones that are definitely like visual based, but in Superman, <laughs> yes, he stands on the side of the building, mm-hmm. but apparently his cape can defy gravity. <laughs> no way. Yeah, his cape is like like straight down because I mean he's standing. Yeah. Like when how they filmed the shot, but mm-hmm. if he's standing on the side of the building, the cape should have been like you know falling behind him, right? But it or wasn't falling like right on his right, well, right, right can, against his back. You can see the picture. I know I know this the shot very well actually. So it should be hanging behind him. Oh right, because his yeah. body's facing toward the earth. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or his back's toward the his earth. Back's toward the earth. Great scene, by the way. Except Love for that. it. Except for that part. <laughs> um, it's for, Superman. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I sure hope you don't hurt me after. Uh, I make this comment. Be very careful because I have a kryptonite knife that is primed and ready to go. I know. I have not seen any of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. (laughs) (laughs) Con! Well, there goes Kevin. But yes, I, we need I to fix this. I know. Do you have the Superman Blu-ray? I version? have the. I have the. I don't have the Blu-ray, but I have the special edition, the extended version that came out in the early two thousands. Right? I have the Richard Donner cut of two, which should be, according to Sean, your favorite movie of all time. It's not my favorite movie of all time. Princess Bride's my favorite movie of all time. We've established this. Yes, we have. I do need to get the Blu-ray though, because this movie is about twenty minutes longer. Okay. Doesn't need everything, but it does have some key scenes in there that are really nice. Like it explains more mm-hmm. the political climate of, of Krypton. Okay. It explains why Kal-El left the planet in the first place. Yeah. Um, there's also a couple other cool shots, like a montage that they just talked about on Fat Man on Batman a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, of uh, him flying through a gauntlet of guns to get to uh, Lex Luthor's lair. Like he goes through like several artillery tests to see what he can he's vulnerable to, yeah. and he goes through all of them. Like he goes through flames, they goes they freeze him, and he breaks through a cube of ice. It's so awesome. That is actually pretty cool. Um, I was going to say something about the Man of Steel trailer, having seen it so many times. Um, I thought that there is a scene where they're in like the middle of a desert, and there's the army surrounding them. So I wonder if in Man of Steel he, they're also going to be doing this too. It should be interesting. I love yes. how Kevin just got his yes. his plotting fingers in place. <laughs> my my um, Burns hands. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Hang on. Speaking of Dick Donner, Sarah's got a Goonies reference. I do have a Goonies one. Uh, It says, in the Goonies, Mikey finds a 1973 Topps Lou Gehrig baseball card in Chester Copperpot's wallet, whose body has been there since the 1930s. Wait, Samwise Gamgee? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Again, time travelers, they they are among us, Mm. and they always get trapped in the situation where their powers are rendered useless. Right. Um, I, I'm going to, again, I, I'm probably breaking all of these 
walls of uh, nerds out there. But for the first time ever, last week saw Top Gun. For the first time ever. For ne the first time Never ever? Never seen it. Never seen it. And so now I totally get How much did you love that volleyball scene? You know, I was just it's about to make so a good. Uh, now I understand why there's these homoerotic uh, comments and jokes about that volleyball scene in that, in that movie. And I got to tell you, those jokes were all on the money. That is... That is just a manly man. The song man is match. playing with the boys, for God's sake. Yeah, very true. <laughs> it is so funny. Yes. It is so funny. I like some days when I just need to like be in a good mood. I'll I don't know scene. if this is true. Now, do you know how Tony Scott got that gig? How? Because he directed Gillette commercials that involved jets, oh. so that he knew how to shoot jets in flight. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually have a movie flub about uh, Top Gun. Yes. I do believe this comes from the article because I read this one a long time ago. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I brought it back up. It's in there. So when, in the beginning of the movie where Tom Cruise flips the jet above the other one and does the greetings and they get a Polaroid, in real life, the tail fins of the jets would have collided. And, and everybody would have died. Yeah, everybody would have died. So there's, like, in terms of, they measured it in terms of the canopies. In terms of the distance of canopies in the movie, and they got like a diagram of the same types of jets, and the tail fins uh, collide. So what he did was reckless and dangerous, and he should have been killed. But for the sake of Hollywood, it's all good. I heard other ones um, also about just the way that Tom Cruise flies the planes itself, like is actually completely inaccurate. Really? But I don't have any details on it. Um, mm -hmm. I'd have to go searching for it, but I did stumble across something like that. There's a lot of them, like especially for a lot of specific movies, like just in this one article, mm -hmm. there's tons from Back to the Future and Indiana Jones, like in Back to the Future, yeah. the license plate out of time, mm -hmm. too many letters. California license plates only yeah. allow seven. Wait, I thought that's actually countrywide is seven. That and was eight. I, maybe whatever. I just don't know how to count. Uh, I don't know. Please correct hold us on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's in here. It's in here. I have okay. it. I have it. I have it. I have it. Come on. I think you're right. I think it's seven. Yes. Yeah. California license plates can only have seven characters. Oh, okay. So I thought it was countrywide, but I guess not. Um, I always remembered seven anyway. Because I always, I always dream about what my vanity plate would be. And then as soon as I come up with a great idea, I realize... If I piss someone off on the road, they're going to remember that much easier than my actual license plate. Yep. Which is why I do not get a vanity plate. Someone actually has it. I think is it, is it Steve Wozniak has it as a barcode? Like his... No, Jobs. Was it, was it Jobs? Uh, every car that he owned um, after he came back had was a, a barcode on it. And there's a legal reason why. He would lease a car from Mercedes for six months. An exclusive lease. Uh, this is from what I remember reading in his biography. He would lease a car for six months. And then he would get a new one. And so there's a California law saying that if you lease a car for six months, instead of having a license plate, you can have a barcode. Oh. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I know. Fun fact. Trivia. Yay. Yay. So if you're speeding and cop just goes, <laughs> You would think so. <laughs> so do you guys want more? More stuff? Sure. I'll give us more. Okay. Yes. More. In the movie Teen Wolf. Oh, oh Teen yeah. Wolf. That you guys classic. Ready for this? You guys ready for this? Oh, you know, no. I've, had, I've had to pick between Shakespeare and Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf easily. Right. Oh no, Brian, I haven't seen Teen Wolf either. <gasps> what? I oh, know. I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm, I'm just How? breaking your realities all How? today. That shit played on TBS, the Superstation, like almost every Sunday for like I've a actually, fucking decade. I've actually been in the gym. Oh really? Yeah, because it's one of the, the marketings for Whittier, Whittier College in oh, Whittier, okay. California. That gym, which is now an art studio, mm -hmm. but it's still got the facade and, and a lot of the, the same floor, even wait, though it's all wait, trashed. Wait, wait, you're mixing this up. The gym in Whittier was used for... Teen uh, Wolf. No, 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 no. That was Teen used for Wolf. Back to the Future. No, it was used in Teen Wolf. I'm sorry, Occidental. Occidental's gym It was used for uh, Back to the Future. I apologize. Yes, continue. It's much smaller than you might think. By okay. the way, yeah, under the sea dance, uh, under yeah. enchantment under the sea, enchantment under the sea, under the sea. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there is a, an animated crab that was in a scene that they took out. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. of, uh, yeah. Back to the Future. Because um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. Fun fact: uh, the song "Under the Sea" from The Little Mermaid is a reference to a moist vagina. <laughs> Darling, it's better down where it's, it's wetter. wetter. Take, take it from me. me. <laughs> reading that on reddit one day it it's was just probably could, not true no but... of course it's not but it's 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 a crab yes singing about <laughs> yeah it'll only be that funny actually if it was is a clam. one of my favorite lines from that whole movie just because down where it's wetter down where it's better take it from me yeah that's just <laughs> awful 
I'm so sorry. And not the only dirty part of Little Mermaid, which we can talk about a little bit later, but I did want to still mention the Teen Wolf one. Okay, sorry. That's okay. So in the movie Teen Wolf, during the championship game, one of the final shots shows Scott's dad coming out of the crowd to congratulate him. There is a fan behind him who stands up to cheer and deliberately exposes himself to the camera. Yes, that's true. Family Guy made a joke about Cock and balls. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. The guy that exposes him. There's a picture of it, actually. You can find online somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can just go see the movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes, go find an original copy of the movie. They may have taken it out later once once it gets pointed out. And then this is just the last one that I'll take from this article. Like Mm -hmm. I said, there's 29, so there's more stuff. Go find it. Um, But in Django Unchained... Through the movie, Django wears sunglasses, which were not introduced to the U.S. until 1929. Well then. Well, I'm, to I'm be sorry. Fair, to be fair, the end of King the- Schultz is German. He is German. He, he may have so been up with probably, it. Probably, yeah. Yes. But to be honest, come on. Let's, let's, I'm sure we're all in agreement. At the end of that movie, where he's looking at the camera, smiling with the cigarette in his mouth and the sunglasses on after a house explodes. It's that pretty badass. So badass. Oh, no, no, no. Sure. That's pretty much it for that article. Um, there's about 29 of them all total, though. So if you guys want to go check them out, go to cracked.com under the section photoplasties. And there's a lot of actually really good content on there. So just have fun with it. Cracked, of course, was for many years a magazine that was very much a competitor to, like Matt, where we would do these spoofs of major... Uh, things going on in the media now they're just kind of more of a blog now it's it's evolved into a full-blown comedy center it's and it's really good a lot of good nerd content um articles these photo contests videos etc yeah and almost all of them are intelligently written as well oh yeah a lot of snarky attitude with some of them yeah yeah yeah. and if you're bored go read the comment section because people in there are very entertaining some stuff that will make you laugh out loud oh yeah yeah all right, so Kevin, what do you got for us? So in preparation for today, um, I browsed through my DVD Blu-ray library, um, and I decided I'm going to pick one movie uh, for representing a letter of the alphabet and share an interesting uh, movie issue that either I've known or one that I found. And so going through 26 movies, again, this is just uh, from different movies in my collection. Um, I just decided to choose some random ones instead of ones that you would logically think I would choose. So with A, I chose Avatar. In the movie Avatar, uh, in the colonel's robot, there is a rear view mirror, so that way he can see behind him. Mm -hmm. Um, When we see the robot from the outside, though, um, it's very close to his head uh, when the visor is down. However, uh, there are shots where inside the robot, there's plenty of room for his head, and the distance of the rear view mirror shouldn't be that close. It's kind of weird. And there are other times where the rear view mirror isn't even there. Oh, interesting. All right. And with, you know, I'm just going to preface this uh, with some of the movies that use modern CGI. Mistakes like that shouldn't happen. Come on. Yeah, no, they should be using the same pretty common template, right? I would imagine so, but I I, I wish I was talented enough to do CGI work, but sadly I'm not. This reminds me of some of those old Filmation Super Friends cartoons, where every so often you would look at Batman's chest emblem, and it would be black with a yellow bat. On it, just because they must have painted it wrong, or, t- or the person didn't know that that's not the way it's supposed to go. And there, every so often, like, and it's the full shot, blatantly noticeable. And then the next shot, it's back to normal. Yeah, it's like, up oh, too late to fix it. Do, do we have any money just left? Go with nope. It. Just, we're just gonna go with it. Keep going. It's going in the movie. It's going in the show. <laughs> All right, what did you got for B? For B, I got The Big Lebowski, and this is actually a factual error. The first sex offender laws, like those that would require uh, Jesus. Uh, do not fuck with the Jesus, uh, Quintana, <laughs> to notify neighbors of his pedophiliac record, weren't implemented in California until 1996, but in the movie, Jesus had to register years before that. Oh. For C, I chose uh, Casino Royale, the 2006 reboot, uh, James Bond film. At the end of the poker tournament, when Bond wins, spoiler alert, he gives uh, the dealer a, a placard chip that's like $500,000 on it. And it's like, this is for you uh, as a tip. While this is done in cash games, in a tournament, the chips actually have no value to them. The chips are just markers to play with as the money is pulled together and paid out to those that in cash, uh, in this case, a special account that is unlocked by password. If the chip had any value, Bond would be tipping the dealer with the casino's money as all of his winnings were in that account. Oh. So as much as I love that movie, that's kind or of that, that moment, that's very interesting. I would, yeah. uh, that's something I would not have caught. Well, and at the same time, if you think about it, yes, that is true. But at the same time, he's unlocking an account that has money into it. So technically, when he signs into that account to view the money, 
the full amount is still there. The amount that he tips the dealer is never taken out. So that makes James Bond an asshole then. Yeah, there you go. Have some. <laughs> Have some plastic. I know, right? Um, for D, I chose The Dark Knight. Uh... Um, oh, come on, grow up. I have movies in here that are my favorites. <laughs> Get ready for this. You ready? Oh, okay. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Come on, you ready? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, Mr. Batman man. Man, 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 man. Um, when the Joker uh, captures Rachel in Bruce Wayne's uh, penthouse, he waves his pistol behind his head in order to sh- uh, shoot out the window. However, he points his gun over his head to his left. However, the window directly behind him blows out. <laughs> like when you when he has, <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest thing. So he has Rachel with his left hand and is has his pistol, and when he waves around, you see the pistol. Go point left, but the window behind, directly behind him. He uh, can breaks. curve bullets. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Joker we're talking about here. He's known for the unexpected. For all you know, that pistol has a side barrel. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> right, right. He's defending it. Yes. Okay. Or he can. He, or or, <laughs> or he did ricochet off of just the right point where it broke <laughs> him. He can curve bullets. Or he did some crazy gun kata. From Equilibrium (laughs) that we just didn't catch. (laughs) Oh, well done bringing up the gun kata. That's great. Hell yeah, I did. I used to take karate, so there is such a thing as kata that just doesn't involve guns. Guns. Or Christian Bale. Or Christian Bale. Or Tay Diggs. Or Tay Diggs, yeah. (laughs) Or Sean Bean. Sean Bean's really good at dying in movies. He's very good at dying in movies. Or TV shows, for that matter. I want to put this out there for all of our dear uh, nerds. Um, Somebody once put a compilation video of every Sean Bean death in every movie he's in. And I gotta tell you, it's like, I think it's like, the last time I remember seeing it, it was like five or seven minutes long, but the thing is, it's so depressingly hilarious. Because almost every movie he's in, he dies like a violent or a disappointing death. Ironically, the one movie he didn't die was Troy, where he's Odysseus, because where everyone else freaking dies, he's the one person who lives. This is true. This is true. I forgot about that. Because Troy is a kind of forgettable movie. Kind you of, know, kind of. there's the one scene in the beginning that where always Brad sticks Pitt out. Where Brad shows his ass. Well, or, there's, or, there's, there's or that too. Shows okay. his pubes. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't remember that one. I, I remember. I remember. The extended cutter, <laughs> Sound guy just had to just gouge his eyes out, <laughs> Oedipus style. He literally just took a pen and just like shoved them into his eye sockets. I definitely remember the Brad Pitt butt scene. Okay, so there's oh, two fuck. two memorable scenes then. <laughs> Um, the other one being when Brad Pitt's character is first introduced and he like goes running up and then like just shoves the sword in the guy's neck. Yeah. That's an awesome scene. That was actually kind of awesome. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. But yeah. you going to make me want to watch Troy Dom, again. Yeah, Brad Pitt's butt makes me want to watch Troy again. <laughs> Good idea. All right. So for the letter E, I chose E.T. Remember at the end of the movie mm-hmm. when um, E.T. and Elliot along with his brother and his brother's friends, are taking off in their bikes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when they land, it's supposed to be, you know, each of him and his, his brother and his friends. When Elliot and his four companions land their bikes on the forest floor on their way to the spaceship, there are actually six sets of bike wheels landing, not five sets. Oh. Because it's supposed to be Elliot, his brother, and his two friends. Mm. Instead, there are six bikes uh, that land when there should have been five. Interesting. I'm sorry, that's it's it's Elliot, his brother, and his three friends. Three friends, okay. And there's supposed to be five bikes landing, not Okay, there's six. four. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Gotcha. Uh, even happens to Steven Spielberg. Everybody. There was probably a small character that didn't make it. They just cut him out. <laughs> All together. <laughs> yeah, those fed bastards got one of them. <laughs> they got him with the walkie-talkies? Yeah. <laughs> the walkie-talkies that have to shoot bullets now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whoosh. Yeah. They, the kids, uh, let's get to that. Uh, <laughs> E.T.'s like, too bad, too bad. I did not see that one coming. coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. For the letter F, I chose Forrest Gump. Uh, there's this moment in Forrest Gump that is actually uh, one of my favorite moments throughout the whole movie. And, of course, I knew that Forrest Gump being a total work of fiction... That, you know, the idea of him doing this, uh, you know, is probably not going to, not true, but there's actually some backstory behind this. So everybody knows how he is running on his marathon run. He stops, but a guy comes up to him, tells him he has, you know, dozens of these yellow shirts and he doesn't know how to sell them. 
Forrest Gump gets splashed with all of this mud on his face. He wipes his face and says, have a nice day. And the guy lifts up the shirt and sees the traditional smiley face. So, while the film suggests that Forrest Gump inspired the Happy Face logo in the late 1970s, was actually created in the mid-60s. Um, there is some dispute to, as to when and who originated it, um, but some uh, reference uh, the early 70s by these brothers, Murray and Bernard Spain, who used the image in a campaign to sell novelty items such as uh, pin back buttons. Uh, the smiley face had already passed its peak uh, of popularity by the late 70s, as uh, the film suggests when it was first created. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. So, well done. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, whoever found that uh, movie flub, good for you. That's a lot of uh, investigative journalism, which CNN lacks all of today. Womp womp. Womp womp. All right, so for G, I chose Gladiator. Um, one of the most iconic moments out of Gladiator is... Gladiator has a lot of continuity issues. Or not continuity, but historical issues for sure. Yeah, but it won Best Picture, but go There's figure. a lot of Best Picture winners who oh, apparently yeah, have problems. Titanic, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the most iconic moments out of that movie is where you have Caesar doing the thumbs up or the thumbs down in terms of who lives and who dies. Never mm -hmm. confirmed that it actually happened. There's no historical basis for that. Very true. They dropped the ball, though, being blackballed or whiteballed. That actually was a known tradition. Sorry. No, it's okay. Thunderstorm. Uh, to add to that, though, actually. Okay. So, in reality, the emperor would either cover his thumb with four fingers for live. Um, the gladiator will also live if the emperor yelled the Latin word for dismissed or threw a piece of cloth showing mercy. Uh, when he wanted the gladiator to die, he would put his thumb straight out to the side, symbolizing for the sword which ironically he does in the movie to kind of like tell the audience, yes, he's gonna live, no. Um, and then of course, the studies of Roman artwork suggest that the thumbs up gesture was actually an affirmation to proceed with the kill. There you go, Mr. Sound Guy. Whoops, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Very big mistake. Oh, I'm okay, I'm scot-free. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, psych. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're good, we're good. I get to go, I get yeah, to go, yeah, I get to go. Good. Why are you lunging at me with the sword? Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder if that was a deliberate choice because modern audiences wouldn't understand the thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs sideways, Touché, or whatever that way. Sarah Ashley. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I don't doubt that. I yeah. don't doubt it at all. But at the same time... Oh, at the same time, it's still wrong. It's still wrong, yeah. I mean, they could have probably easily had some sort of explanation. Very true. The sound guy is extremely, you know, uh, uh, very heated about this topic, which brings me to the letter H. Heat. Ah! You see what I did there? I know that was... <laughs> It was, it was pretty oh, lame, I, know. I love how you slap your knee and just gutturally laugh at you. <laughs> like, I, I apologize myself for the, the, the term lame. That was very weak at best. So for Heat, I think it's Robert De Niro speaking to the character uh, Neil. Another character, Kelso, says uh, about the bank job that they're about to pull. To give you an idea of where my estimates come from. And he is, proceeds with you know a figure of money. And then in the next scene, um, after Nate is done talking with Van Zandt, the character Kelso uh, contradicts himself and tells the character Neil, these are not estimates, these are actual or exact figures. So chalk it up to screenwriting or whatever. He basically says, these are, uh, you know, estimates. And then later, these are not estimates, these are exact figures. All right, continuity issue. Go figure. I for Iron Man, uh, Stark is said to have graduated from MIT summa cum laude, but MIT does not graduate people with honors. Oh, they don't? Nope. Oh, that's interesting. I had no idea. So Tony Stark is literally the only person in the history of MIT to get a graduate with honors. Hooray. Because he's Tony fucking Stark. He that's why. That's Stark. why. Apparently there's one in Avengers, though, where actually after uh, Coulson dies, mm -hmm. Tony Stark, his, 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 his heart. His chest light goes out. Yeah, his chest light goes out. And it's like, oh, yeah, Aww. broke my heart, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could actually take credit for that, but that was from crack. Except he would probably just go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or have Pepper. Think, uh, use her hands to reconnect the wires with all the goop. Right, which was sure. Uh, for Jay, I'm doing Jaws. Um, so when Brody, Hooper, and Quint get soaked by the shark when they're pulling uh, the orca backwards, they're getting very wet, obviously, because there's a lot of water rushing onto the boat. In the next shot, with Quint uh, that's still wielding the machete above his head after he, ha as he cuts the rope, he's quite dry. And then when they come back to the shot after the rope has been cut, the three men, they're wet again. Whoops. Continuity. Yeah. But again, if you if anybody knows the history of how Jaws was made, there were so many There's things so going many problems wrong with, with the that. movie. It's a miracle that the movie got finished. I, I totally agree with you, Sound yeah. Guy. Uh, sound Guy is gesturing us out. to refer to the fact that you cannot blow up an air tank by firing at it with a gun. 
the nerd, the Mythbusters blew that one wide open. Yeah. Pun intended. Yes, but that is the only way for that shark to die. <laughs> How about feeding a bunch of dynamite with the, that's with the lit fuse? Seriously? Yeah. They could have written that into the script somehow. Somehow, Hooper was crazy. Hooper <laughs> or Quinn? I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love it when he yells Hooper for some reason. I don't know why. It baffles me. All right, so for K. I decided to choose another Best Picture winner, The King's Speech, which should not have won. The Social Network should have won. I Disagree. Liked, I liked King's Speech a lot. No, it was it was so mediocre. This is a discussion for another time. Yes, Continue absolutely. with your flub, sir. Uh, you know what? All right, so let's put this out. Uh, put this out there. Movies that should have won Best Picture that got robbed by another as a topic for Nerds on Film. I would love to discuss. Fans, this. yes, tweet us, please. Let us know. Tell us what you think. Moving on. Yes, with the King's Speech. Um, after the abdication, uh, or. Ab- is that pronounced abdication right? abdication Edward of, the eighth uh, yes Hebert yeah the eighth Bertie says to uh, Logue, every monarch in history has always uh, succeeded someone uh, who was dead or just about to be and uh, that's that actually not entirely true uh, James the second had to flee England a de facto abdication in 1688 the glorious revolution yes yep and he lived in exile in France until his death in 1701 that's the only time where a monarch had to abdicate the throne that was because Parliament ordered him to but, but most other times. Now, wasn't it just only because you mentioned Parliament, uh, wasn't it recently in the last two years where a certain uh, law was in debate because uh, nobody has written a constitution for... There is no constitution. It's all all tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There are rules of what the mark he can and can't do Mm -hmm. because of the English Bill of Rights primarily and the Magna Carta, Mm -hmm. but there's no official constitution that explains the rights and duties of the royal family. (laughs) Duties. Nerds on history. Yes, nerds on history. Nerds on history. All right. So for uh, L, I did Looper. And this one is actually kind of obvious. There was like two that bugged the crap out of me in that movie. Yeah. I want to see what you say. Well, this one is more actor-based than anything else. Um, The young Joe, played by JGL, is right-handed, whereas Bruce Willis, who played the older Joe, is left-handed. I can't defend that. That's, um, That's tough. Here's one. How about the fact that loopers were supposed to be the secret organization of assassins, and yet Emily Blunt's character knows he's a looper? What if her husband was a looper? I know. You brought this up before, but there's not enough evidence in the script to suggest that. Oh, man, this could, we could totally get into a debate about this. What's the second one? We're never going to get through this episode if we're going to focus on all these little ones. All right, but um, What was yours? I'm just saying to defend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, my, my issue is um, with just the time travel concept in general in that movie. But, uh, Which we did talk about in a previous podcast. Yes, we've talked. Well, we didn't really talk about Looper that much, though. No, we were going to because we were all going to go see Looper, but we didn't, never ended up yeah, never getting our stuff together in time to do it. Yeah. It could be that uh, JGL and Bruce Willis or the character or whatever is ambidextrous. Touche. <laughs> all right. All Sound right, guy just did, just did the Yosemite I- Sam. You're at the root and tone or something like that you like to shoot blanks is that what you're saying (laughs) sound guy why do you tell us these things stop with the visual jokes guys we're recording (laughs) all right fine Uh, moving on to m as in mary uh or actually in this case m for men in black one uh when edwards is at mib headquarters in the egg-shaped chair when he's working on the test, a <laughs> when he drags the he, freaking coffee table. <laughs> and that's the test. Oh, God, it was just so brilliant. He sets his test papers to his left side, and then when he stands up to drag the uh, table, his papers disappear. Oh. They're not even in the chair. Continuity. Yes, but I love that scene so much. Because everyone there is just, like, failing so much trying to take this written exam. And nobody thinks to crouch near the table, let alone drag it to where they are. <laughs> You want to get in on this? <laughs> um, for N, this is actually a, a movie that I really, really liked. It was in my top ten for when this came out. It was either 2011 or 2010. Um, the Next Three Days, which was written and directed by Paul Haggis. It didn't get a lot of fanfare um, in terms of box office receipts, but to be honest, it was a really solid movie. The factual flub I'm about to tell you really doesn't spoil it at all for those who haven't seen it, but the character of John, uh, who is played by Russell Crowe, has a Prius. Throughout the movie, the license plate of his car uh, change of varying in various different numbers and letters. It's not, it's not really consistent throughout the whole movie. Oh. It must have had like three or four Priuses. Stunt Priuses, yeah, absolutely. That usually happens with movies. Yep, indeed. Yes. So, do you guys know whose job it is on movie sets to keep an eye out for continuity? 
Brian. That would be that of the script supervisor. Yes. Ah, I was going to say the prop master. But nope. Yeah. Nope. Script supervisor is the person who's supposed to manage all the yeah. continuity and scenes. Okay. In addition to lots of other duties, but that's just one yeah. of them. He said yes. duties again. <laughs> Fine. Do you want me to go British? Duty. 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 All right. So for O, um, I chose Ocean's Eleven from 2001. In the scene where Danny meets Linus in Chicago, uh, Danny refers to Las Vegas as America's playground. In fact, that designation belongs to Atlantic City, which was known by this nickname for many, many years before Las Vegas became a gambling center. Las Vegas has actually never marketed itself as America's playground. Well, okay then. Well done. Yes. Whoever found that one, get a life. (laughs) (laughs) Stop gambling. (laughs) Um, So for P... Sean, do not crucify me for this. Uh, there's actually a joke in there that you probably will get after I talk about Passion it. of the Christ? No. Oh. <laughs> Why would Sean care about Passion of the Christ? Yeah. <laughs> if anything, uh, Brian, I think you would have cared about that one. I Passion of the to, Christ. Just... Here's, here's the problem. Jesus isn't white. White. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Renaissance. <laughs> um, but yes, P is uh, for Pulp Fiction. And this is actually in reference to the very, very famous Ezekiel reading. Yeah, which Ezekiel twenty five seventeen is yeah. not the the path of the righteous man speech. It is something. Well, no, it's not. It's it's in in fact not only is it not that um, the actual quote from the Bible that Jules uh, touts is not from any version of the Bible. He he adds in his own words, which I don't care because it sounds awesome anyway. In reality, this final one line of this recitation is correct for the scripture, um, but technically it's a misquote. Tarantino stated that this was intentional to give insight into the character's psychology. Cool, sounds good. I looked up the actual verse, Ezekiel 25, 17, and the, um, and the example I'm using is from the New International Edition of the Bible. I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then they will know I am the Lord when I take vengeance on them. The in- translations of the Bible can lend itself to Tim License when you're talking to right. certain words. So Absolutely. that's understandable. That one, I think everything up to that is like, where did that come from? <laughs> did yeah. you mention that Quentin Tarantino pulled that from a different movie? No. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino pulled that the his version of that quote from a different movie. No way. Yeah. It makes sense considering how big of a movie nut Tarantino is. But. Yeah, that was the extent of his research is pulling it from a different movie. Cool. So Well done. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, for Q... I chose the Queen, in which case uh, Helen Mirren won the Oscar. The Queen's official vehicle has no license plate. In the scenes that were made specifically for the movie, the black limo that the Queen always uses has a license plate on it. Interesting. So apparently the Queen gets away with uh, no license plate, yet uh, Steve Jobs got away with a barcode. Dude, I would be hitting run bitches all over London. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she's the only person in the country with that type of limo. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that. Yeah. Um, it's, R- like, it's like the Batmobile. Like the Batmobile like, hit and run somebody. What car was it? It, it was the Batmobile. <laughs> Did you get a license plate? At it least, was the Batmobile. At least tell me what it looks like. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Batman Begins quote. Yay. And there was actually that quote as a reference to a continuity error. But that's it for is. another it day. Is. Yes. R, I chose Road to Perdition. Uh, when Michael and his son first arrive in Chicago, there's a brief shot of the silver metal cards on the L. The L was actually introduced in terms of the silver cars in the 1980s. In 1931, the cars would have been made of wood and painted dark brown. Well done. Yes, I have been to Chicago several times, and uh, I've ridden on the L, actually. For S, I chose uh, David Fincher's Seven, Somerset. Which apparently box. goes very well with Pliny the Elder. Yes, it does. Um, yes. You guys need to go onto our blog and look at Sean's uh, beer and movie pairings. They're very entertaining. Well, I'm glad you guys jumped the gun on me because the reason why I chose Seven for my S was because of Sean's recent blog post. So. Aw, cute. Synergy. For the character Somerset, uh, he states in the film that there are seven cardinal virtues and seven deadly sins. Brian, you probably may know this. There are not seven cardinal virtues. Exactly. It is generally more accepted and stated by St. Thomas Aquinas, or as uh, Sean Connery says, St. Thomas Aquinas, in some movie. I remember him saying that. I don't know why. (laughs) 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 Best indirect quote ever. St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm pretty sure he said that in some movie. I didn't make it up at all. No. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I, For some reason, I have this vivid image of... No, you're Sean very Connery. wrong. You're yes. very wrong indeed. Thomas Aquinas. Anyway, 
uh, St. Thomas Aquinas actually had said that there are only four cardinal virtues, the other three virtues being theological. Thank Bingo. You. That's what I was going to chime in with. Yes. Good. All right. Uh, so for T, I decided to choose Terminator 2, uh, which, was it somebody in our circle that they said that's their favorite movie of all time? Which one? Terminator 2. I think, oh. um, I think Sean said it was his favorite, his favorite movie, wasn't it? I thought it was I either Sean so. or Dave. Maybe. Okay. Someone in our group well, said anyway, it, yeah. Uh, favorite movie or favorite time travel movie. Oh, that might have been it. It might have been your favorite time travel movie. So anyway, uh, when the T-1000 first arrives, he checks John's record via the computer in the police car. It lists his age as 10 and his birth date as 2-28-1985, placing the movie's events after February 28, 1995. However, when the T-800 is asked by John who sent him, he replies, you did 35 years from now. As he is sent back from 2029, it would place the events of the movie in 1994. Oops. Later in the movie, when they are leaving the gas station, the Terminator tells Sarah Connor that in the three years, Cyberdyne becomes the largest supplier of military computer systems, and we learn that Skynet goes online uh, on August 4th, 1997. Sean Connery as William of Baskerville in, in the name of the Rose. Oh, the Rose. Right. A monk detective... That's when he says... Holy crap, I'm totally watching. This is the, one of the first like, 12th century detective stories. Say that name of the movie again, Sarah. The Name of the Rose. The name 1986. Of the Rose. All right, I'm, I'm looking that movie up. So anyway, uh, finishing up uh, my comment. Later in the movie, when they're leaving the gas station, uh, the Terminator tells Sarah Connor that in the three years, uh, Cyberdyne Systems becomes the largest supplier of military computer systems. And we learn that Skynet goes online on 8-4-1997. And information, a bit of information that confirms his earlier statement but contradicts the data that's shown on the police computer. So I, that's a lengthy uh, time travel based and continuity error, uh, but I thought that was the most interesting one because uh, you would think that somebody as meticulous as James Cameron wouldn't let these things slip, yet moviemistakes.com I think has Titanic as one of the most movie mistaked movies of all time. It's um, on for just for their, their records of yeah. what they have reported, um, Titanic is number eight. Oh, number eight. It's oh, number eight. Okay. It's in the top. Number one is Apocalypse Now. What is what is you? I'm curious. The Usual Suspects. Nice. I have a huge heart for this movie. It's, I think, the first rated R movie I saw on DVD. The first rated R movie I ever saw was Saving Private Ryan, which that was probably not the first rated R movie I should have chosen, especially with that opening uh, scene. Anyway, with Usual Suspects, in the opening scene of the movie, uh, when the police arrive on the dock of a burning ship, uh, there are bodies lined up on the pier covered in body bags labeled S.P. Coroner, as in San Pedro Coroner. The Department of Coroner is a function of the Los Angeles County. Interesting. Yes, quite. Um, v, V for Vendetta. Uh, when V first meets Evie, he scratches his mark on the marble and just finishes his tirade of every single V word in the dictionary. And so he does his V. During the scratching, it is seen that there is an intersection at the bottom, a part of the letter V. But in the next scene, it is seen that the two lines just meet, not intersect one another. I don't know if I would have noticed that one. Very particular. I know. W. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Nice. The Hollywood sign is visible through Eddie Valiant's office window, but in 1947, the it sign should have been... It was very decayed. Very, very decayed at that point. Yeah. It, it was, wasn't it restored. Hollywood land. It found a disrepair, I think, in the 70s, wasn't it? It didn't right. get restored until, like, late 70s, early 80s. Well, technically, the land part of the sign was taken off in 1949. Interesting. And considering that it took place in 1948... The 7th. 47? Yes. That was... Four, okay. Well, nevertheless, still. Yes, too it, premature. Either way, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. I never realized and, that. And uh, to our dear listeners, uh, on March 12th, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit comes out on its 20 or 25th uh, Blu-ray uh, remastered release. Mm-hmm. So I think I that'll, 25th anniversary. that'll be the day yep. that the podcast comes out. So so there you go. Yay. Go pick it up. Yay. I saw it for $16.99 somewhere. I want to um, get that. I am very excited for that. Uh, X, I'm decided in this case... I'll go for the most recent X-Men movie, uh, X-Men First Class. In the hotel, when uh, Agent Moira uh, spies on Sebastian... Sebastian... I could never say his name. Sebastian Sebastian Shaw. Shaw. There's a bowl of M&Ms on the table, and there are blue M&Ms in that bowl. However, blue blue M&Ms were not available until 1960... Or not available in 1962. They were introduced in 95. This is true. I remember voting for which color I wanted. It was was purple, blue, and... Pink, I think, right? Yeah. I just yeah. remember weird shit like that. <laughs> I'm the same way. Okay. Um, why you've got mail 
Uh, oh, I love that movie. Yeah. That's a cute one. Uh, when Kathleen goes to Starbucks, I'm sure that this is something now anybody who goes to Starbucks uh, can reference. I, ha- I have another one, too, but go ahead. Okay. Um, when Kathleen goes to Starbucks and orders a tall caramel macchiato, the employee actually gives her a grande cup. Oh, uh, interesting. Um, the whole tirade that he gives about calling a, uh, a drink... Um, is actually in incorrect order, too. That's another flub. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No way. Oh. As a former Starbucks employee, mm-hmm. they teach you, that's the first thing they teach you on the first day, is how to, the right order for the for the drinks, how to call a drink in the right order. Tall, grande. It's decaf, then size. Oh. And then it is uh, syrup flavor, mm-hmm. milk preference, any extra requests, and then the actual drink. Okay. So, for example, or also how many shots as well. I forgot. That's way back after... Uh, Decaf. Before decaf. Oh. So it's like triple you get you have grande non fat, extra whip, uh caramel macchiato, for example. Interesting. Oh. Cool. Interesting. And for the last of my entries, I decided to choose Zodiac. Nice. So there's a moment in the movie where uh, the Zodiac killer gets into the back of a taxi and murders the taxi driver. The bloodstained fabric on the taxi driver should not have been red. The iron in Brown. human blood uh, would have turned brown due to oxidation. You know words. I know you. Yes, you know you know words. I can. I, I have pronunciation issues. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, oxidation. I, I do too. So there you go. That's my list. Oxidization. Oxidization. Thank you. All right. Cool. Ta-da! Hooray! You got through it. All yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> So um, just real quick, if you guys are interested in finding out more, just kind of finding fun um, film flubs or other just kind of fun trivia things, Easter eggs and certain DVD releases, mm. if you go to moviemistakes.com, it's a really good resource, has a lot of fun stuff. They do have a list of their top 30 movies with the most goofs as far as they've collected mm-hmm. from fellow users. And I'll give you guys the top 10 just in reverse order. Scary Movie 3, Lord of the Rings The Two Towers, Titanic, eh, come back. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Star Wars, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Wizard of Oz, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, and, Apocaly- and Apocalypse Why? Now. <laughs> Why would anybody care about the Quest so, for Peace? Exactly, it was the this worst is one of the from a Superman fan. It was the everyone agrees consensus wise it was the worst Superman movie. And of course, unfortunately, because we do need to wrap this up, we've been going for a while. But I do want to mention that there are plenty of fun little uh, interesting moments in Walt Disney movies, as I'm sure a lot of you guys who have the internet have discovered. (laughs) (laughs) For those that grew up with the internet, for those that grew up with Little Mermaid, yes, Little Mermaid. If you happen to have the VHS cover. There's if you were to look on one of the rooks wing. of that castle, there is a very blatant penis. A protruderant and erect penis? Yeah, it's yeah. it's not even it's like a it's not it's even the, a tower in the shape of a dick. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It's, yeah, and it turns out yes, it was a, an illustrator playing a prank, and he yeah. got fired. So yeah, and in the same veins of penis, uh, when the uh, seriously, <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, well, the it's, main it's, vein. <laughs> it's it's actually uh, poor word usage. <laughs> anyway. Also with The Little Mermaid, when the priest is going to marry uh, Ursula in the form of a beauty and uh, prince dude. There's Prince a, Eric. Yes, thank you. Thank you for correcting me, Miss Disney fan. He's, um, he's my number one prince crush. Uh, the priest goes, dearly beloved, and if you look right below uh, his chest, you will see an erection get a little bigger, and then bigger, and mm-hmm. then bigger, and then bigger. And as Brian told me uh, before the podcast, apparently the DVD release... Uh, they kind of painted that out and put him on top of a box. I think I told you that. Or you told me that. I'm sorry, Sarah. That's okay. Yeah, no, they uh, they kind of made him shorter, and he's standing on a box, so they could just kind of cut out all of that. I told you about the golden penis. You, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I got that mixed up. Um, there's also one in Lion King when uh, Simba, he had a conversation with Timon and Pumbaa, and then he like kind of wanders over, and he flops down, and a bunch of like dust stuff kind of goes flying into the air. It spells out sex. Yep. It's actually SFX. Some people say SFX. I saw sex. <laughs> yeah. It was intended to be SFX um, as a nod to uh, yes. a department that's, when working that's on the film. The um, cover up in Aladdin uh, when uh, Prince Ali uh, is visiting. Uh, not true. Jasmine. I've heard Sorry, it. Sorry, I shoot you down. I've heard not, it. Not true. I've heard it's it totally too. true. I've heard it. Yeah. It's, it's it's another line that's just been so interpreted. So anyway, 
uh, when don't don't ruin the fun, Brian. Don't ruin the fun. <laughs> oh, I am a fun ruiner. Apparently, you are Mr. Buzz Killington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you guys like this punch? Yeah, sour. <laughs> there, there you go. Party uh, ruined. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, when Aladdin is on the balcony and he's getting attacked by the tiger, and when uh, Genie is asking Carpet how things are going, you can hear Aladdin uh, say, "All right, go rip her clothes off." No, it's um, take off your clothes. Take off your clothes. It says down, kitty. Take off your clothes. But the okay. the cover up is saying don't get too close. That's what they mm-hmm. said it was. But um, actually, there's one. There's a legitimate flub mm-hmm. in Aladdin that actually has driven me crazy since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When the tiger bites the butt off the pants of the prince who's in the purple outfit. Mm-hmm. She bites off the the guy's like you know rear end of the trousers, and you can see his like polka dot boxers or whatever underneath. And then when it goes, the scene goes back to the tiger. Like tiger lifts up his head. It's got the polka, polka dot boxers oh and not purple gosh, pants. You should have nice. purple fabric in his mouth, but instead it's the polka right. dot of that's the boxers. Right. Good old Raja. Yeah, oh, yeah. Raja. Another movie flub about Aladdin is that um, Middle Eastern characters should not have been voiced by white people. Yeah. Okay. Also, Raja is a cultural anachronism. Raja is an Indian title for yes. monarch, not a Middle Eastern title. All right. So there's, <laughs> so there's some interesting things there. Absolutely. Apparently, our sound guy is giving me a questionable look there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say it, and then if I'm wrong, we'll find out later. Mm-hmm. All right. There's also a scene in The Rescuers um, where they're flying th- on, like when they're sitting on top of the the gull, and they're they're in the sardine can and stuff, and they're like flying through the city or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where if you freeze frame it, you can see a naked lady in one of the windows. It, it was in one of the windows. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not one that's fully in. Like it's not anatomical, of course. No, it's it's actually like a teeny tiny picture. It looks like it's a cutout. Okay, it's like cut out of a magazine. Yeah, like a pinup. Okay, yeah, never mind. You can see a boob. (laughs) Boob. Oh, it's animated. Anyway, so there's some fun stuff. Have fun finding film flubs. I do it all the time, especially with reality TV shows, Mm -hmm. because um, it really points out all the editing that they do. So it's great. And for my list, um, I had IMDb uh, help me out with organizing my list. Uh, So thank you, IMDb. Awesome. Folks, please share it with us. And you can actually use that new listener feedback button that we have on the homepage for Nerdonomy.com. Uh, plus, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Yes, indeed. At Nerdonomy. There you go. Kevin, as usual, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. And dear listeners, it was great uh, chatting with all of you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. And roll credits. you will about alec baldwin's personal life i he's got a bit of a temper he does have a bit of a temper and he has every right to be because people harass the shit out of him especially when he's playing words with friends on an airplane especially coming from a literary major especially especially shut the fuck up (laughs) sorry are you on a mission to piss me off not yet (laughs) okay